Welcome to Sideline Judgment. My name is Sergio. My name is Tyler. And today, Tyler, is a special Thanksgiving week edition of the pod. We are going to talk all about week 13. We got games starting on Thursday, actually. We got games on Friday. We got games on Saturday. It's a whole big schedule of games, Tyler. We're definitely going to talk about the Kentucky-Florida game. We're going to talk about five wide. We're going to pick our two points. We're going to do all that stuff. But first, Tyler, we have to start with some quick hits. And we are going to begin the show because we are recording, Tyler, on Wednesday, November 25th at around 8.30, 8.40 in the morning. And last night was the first edition of the 2020 college football playoff rankings. We have those rankings right here fresh, Tyler. I'm going to play. I'm going to bring back an old game that we used to play, Tyler. We're going to bring back too high, too low, just right. Are you ready? Okay. I'm ready. Let's start off from the top. Alabama number one. Just right. Notre Dame two. I would say just right. I would also agree with you. I think they have the best win in the country against Clemson. And Ian Book has decided that he's good again. Yeah. Ian Spellbook. Ian Spellbook with his library card. Love to see it. Um, Clemson, number three. I'm going to say just right. I mean, I think everybody predicted Ohio State, which is at four, Mm -hmm. to be in the three spot. But I can see why Clemson's actually there. Yeah. I mean, Ohio State has only played four teams. Um, mm-hmm. They have only played one. Only one of them is a good team. Uh-huh. And they only won that game by a touchdown. So, yeah. And, I mean, you could also flip it over and, like, what's the big win that Clemson has? It doesn't really have a big win either. Mm-hmm. Right. But I think then you default to the fact that Clemson's played twice as many games. Right. And for me, it's – for me, if you want to go eye test here, Clemson is an NFL team. Like, if, if Clemson didn't lose to Notre Dame, they would be number one. Yeah. In my opinion. So, for me, I think putting them at three is just right, is the proper ranking. And especially after last week's game, Ohio State last week's game against Indiana, um, it's not – they were good and they won the football game. But let us remember, they had a 21-point lead at one point, and they allowed for Indiana to come back. And Indiana had negative rushing yards. So, that means they only lost, they only were attacking through the air, and they still allowed it to happen. You know what I mean? Yeah. One of those weird things. So, I think just right. Number four, Ohio State. Yeah, uh, just right. Just right. We agree. The top the top four, right on point. Good job, committee. Number five, Texas A&M. I'm going to say just right. But by default, right? Kind of, Yeah, kind of by default. Like Yeah. So, I need to clarify. Like, there's there's an element that I always have to harp and, ever, and we'll probably get mad at it, too. Uh, in a little bit, but there's always when, the, when these first rankings come out, there's always this big hoopla about process over results and the process is flawed and how we're picking these teams is flawed. And I agree with all of it, um, but these things figure themselves out. I just like so Texas A&M is five, kind of by default, but also if they really deserve to be that high, because I don't think they're a better team than Florida, but they beat Florida. I, exactly and, and like they're not a bad team mm-hmm. and we will find out if if they deserve to be this high yeah I, I this is this is a time will tell situation um but i'm with you florida is at six and i think they are just right as well me too um but given you know i think i think florida is the fifth best team in the country behind that top four but head-to-head has to matter somewhere, you know? And there's a situation here where both teams were able to play each other, and we have an actual result. So, And this was right before the COVID, the massive COVID hits in the SEC. So 
Um, yeah, I'm going to have to agree with the rankings. I think those are just right. So that's five, A&M, six, Florida, seven, Cincinnati, Tyler. Just right. Just right. Well done. Well done by Cincinnati for I, being the highest I ranked group of five this. team of all time. I appreciate them giving them this ranking. Yes. Like, because I, I, in the first edition, too. Yeah, exactly. It's not like they had to work their way up there. Um, what I like about Cincinnati at seven is that it shows that they respect the defense. They mm-hmm. respect the elite level defense that Cincinnati is playing. And if they can get other things to break their way, they could sneak into the playoff. I don't see it happening just because of situations. Um, but I'm glad that they're given at least that respect. And they're essentially a lock for the group of five spot for New Year's Six Bowl at this mm-hmm. point. Good. Glad we agreed. At number eight, the Northwestern Wildcats. I'm sorry, the Northwestern Fighting Reese Davises at oh, number eight. Is. At number eight, Tyler, what do you think? So my gut is telling me too high. What? Because I've watched. So, so, hear me out. Okay. Because I've watched this football team, <laughs> and they are not a number eighteen in the country football team. <laughs> but I say too high. Who are you going to put over them? There's maybe one team that is way down in the rankings that I would put over them based off yeah. what they've accomplished so far. So I'm, I'm going to say just right, even though I feel like they would get clobbered by several of the football teams above and below them. <laughs> right. I think I think this is this is prime ammunition for people who say um, that for the the evidence of people saying that the college football playoff is biased towards the power five, which I subscribe to that theory. I, I do believe that theory. Um, I, I think this is prime evidence by saying, look at Northwestern, a team that has been like complete garbage for the past few years. And now this year they scrape away. They, they've won like all their games by I think one possession and every game has been a dogfight. And it's not like they're playing Alabama and then Clemson. They're not playing these like high level teams and scraping away victories. No, they're playing Iowa they're playing Nebraska, you know, they're playing these Purdue, these teams that just aren't as good and they're scraping away and they're being rewarded by a top 10 ranking in the first college football playoff. I think if Northwestern was to be ranked ahead of Cincinnati, then all, all hell would have. Oh yeah. I wouldn't agree with that. No, Um, no, no, no. But I would, yeah. Again, and I, I hate to be like this because I agree again a lot with process over results. Like Mm -hmm. we have to, we have to not, we shouldn't criticize the playoff committee based off of how they get it right at the end. It should be mm-hmm. about how do they come into these decisions. But with this, I just once again cannot like Northwestern. Yeah, it's five and zero and eight in the country. I'm just really not sure how that's going to hold up. Like exactly, exactly. And this is a team that could lose uh, a couple more games and kind of implode themselves out of the play of the Big Ten championship. Uh, right now, they're essentially a lock. They're kind of like Florida and the SEC East, where they're pretty much going to head to the championship There's game. There's not really a way for them to not. Exactly. Barring, and, barring an implosion. Like, exactly. And and with Wisconsin's game being postponed this week, they're now ineligible for the championship game. So that gives them even more of a shot of a certainty. Um, I, like the, I like the offense for Northwestern. I like the defense. I like how gritty they are. It is the most big – in a world full of – high-flying offenses and everyone imitating the 2010s Big 12, Northwestern has stuck to its roots and said, we are a Big 10 team through and through, and we are going to play like one. So caps off yeah. to Pat Fitzgerald and the fighting Reese Davises of Northwestern. So 
I agree, ranked just right, but just because who else are you going to put there? Um, I could – I have an argument for a team later on, but we'll talk about that in a bit. I feel like we think we're thinking of the same team. I think we are. Uh, number nine, the University of Georgia, Tyler. Too high, too, too low. High, <laughs> too high. Too high. I agree with you. What has I Georgia agree. done to deserve still being a top 10 team this year? I can't well, give you an answer. What have they done this year? I can't give you an answer because they haven't done anything. Yeah. They beat Auburn. That's it. All right. You know who else beat Auburn? South Carolina. But then they lost to Alabama. Mm-hmm. Then they lost by more to Florida. Yes. But what am I supposed to do with that? And they decided to hold their starting quarterback JT Daniels on the bench for seven weeks, which if he was hurt, understandably so, but then don't go out before week one of the season and say, this is an open quarterback competition between Mathis, the law offices of JT Daniels and JT Daniel or the law offices, <laughs> JT Daniels, the law offices, that's a minute, the fourth and JT Daniels. Don't say that. Don't say it's an open competition and that he's third in line. Cause he clearly is better than the other two quarterbacks. Yeah. That's my problem. With Georgia. And I think part of it is that that they finally looked like they had an offense against Mississippi State. Hold on. But I don't, hold I don't on. Th- oh, wait, wait, let me finish. I'm sorry. I, th- that no, just got me, on my nerves. Let me, Go let ahead. Me Go finish. ahead. I apologize, good sir. Part of this is people are like, oh, they must clearly be better because they, they looked like they had an offense against, against Mississippi State. However, I would argue the entire team looked worse in that game. <laughs> like Because they were in a dogfight with Mississippi State, a team that is not good. And had 47 players available. Yeah. So, I don't know. This, this is too high. I agree. This is too high. This is too high. I don't think they deserve to be in the top 10. And I'll tell you exactly where I think they should be in a bit. Uh, number 10, the University of Miami, Tyler. Too high, too low, just right. Uh, it's it's just right for De'Ara King, but it's too high for Miami. <laughs> Truer words have never been spoken. De'Ara King deserves to be a top 10 football team uh Miami does not uh I think they're also too high I think you could swap them out with the number 11th ranked team the Oklahoma Sooners um because they are kind of on an up right they had a slower start to the season but we gotta remember redshirt freshman quarterback his first time starting this isn't like he was the three prior transfer quarterbacks that Lincoln Riley had that were two Heisman Trophy winners and, and overall picks. This Oklahoma know? team is is big Trace McSorley year one vibes. Um, yeah, which that's is, a great way was, to put that it. That was the Rosewell Penn State team that yes, if they won the Big Ten, but because they got boat raced by Michigan and also lost a close game to Pitt, they were in a, they didn't make the college football playoff. Right, um, and that's what this Oklahoma team is like. Mm-hmm. Because they, they kind of started to figure it out, and now they figured it out. But they did take they took two losses, and yeah, uh, it's going to be hard for them to overcome that. And it's funny because their defense is actually playing better than I've seen it in years. Yeah, and this year they're not going to be able to make it to the playoff. But next year, ooh, take a look out for Oklahoma next ooh. year if they can keep developing. Yep. Number twelve, Indiana, coming off of that one possession loss to Ohio State last week. Too high, too low, just right. Uh, I would. I kind of lean just right because mm-hmm. I don't think they deserve to be any lower than this. Right. Um, because they showed that they can compete against Ohio State. But I, I don't think that – I mean, they're better than some of the teams, but I don't think they're better than a lot of the teams that are ahead of them. Mm-hmm. So I, I feel like this is just right. So for me, it's too low. But I, what I would do is I would take Oklahoma and Indiana and move them up to 9 and 10 and then put Georgia and Miami at 11 and 12 
um, maybe even a little bit lower Georgia Miami, but I would I wouldn't have been as like oh my gosh with Georgia and Miami as yeah. they are being in the top ten. Number thirteen, your Iowa State Cyclone, the Brock, the Fighting Brock Purdies. Brocktober, Brocktober lives on, Tyler. We are well into November, and Brocktober is still is still going strong. This is damn disrespectful. Oh, I thought it was just right. Eh, I, okay, I don't. It's it's about in the in the just right ballpark. I uh-huh. the ranking of thirteen is just right. Okay, but it is weird to like they're better than Indiana. Mm-hmm. They beat Oklahoma. That's true. Which here's the whole thing again: process of results. The the Texas A&M game. Texas A&M has played one less game than Florida and has uh-huh. not looked as good the entire season. But because they beat Florida, they get a spot ahead. Iowa State has only one conference loss, is the number one seed in the Big 12, and beat Oklahoma. They still mm-hmm. have that argument, yet they're ranked behind Oklahoma. And it's not like they're not looking good. They're looking yeah. good. It's insane. I will say Iowa State has played, and I don't think it's different for Oklahoma, Iowa State so far has only beaten one team with a winning, winning record. It was Oklahoma, so I mm-hmm. mean. Um, but then again, the entire Big 12 kind of sucks this year. Right. Uh, I... I think Iowa State's better than Indiana. I think they're better than Oklahoma. There's an argument to be made for them being ranked above Georgia and Miami and mm-hmm. Northwestern. So there is, there is. I don't disagree with thirteen, but I feel like it's a bit disrespectful. <laughs> but that's okay. Brock, Brock, Brock Purdy's going to show him, show him what's up. So what you're telling me is that this eight to thirteen range just kind of not maybe not flip flop, but you can have realistically have a combination of many different results yeah okay i'd agree with you yeah i'd agree with you on that um all right tyler number 14 the surprise of the playoffs byu undefeated heisman contender zach wilson at the helm a high flying offense too high too low just right this is too low what are we doing here i I agree this was the shock this was the shocker of the evening now, are they probably being punished for their schedule 100%? A thousand percent, yes. <laughs> I don't necessarily think that's – a like, I get it. They have mm-hmm. not played anyone. <laughs> no, they haven't. Um, They've played a borderline Conference USA schedule. Yeah. But, I mean, they're better than a lot of these teams. They, they just – they – I know that they're better. I test yeah. is a is a factor in this, and right, they are better than a lot of these teams. They deserve to be in the top ten, in my opinion. Can and I? Yeah, does Does it look great that they uh they said anytime, anywhere, any place? Sorry, anytime, any place. Um, anybody, and then they ducked a game against Washington. No, sure, it, it doesn't it, look it doesn't good. look great. Like. I would argue though that that's the administration less than it is the players and the coaches. Oh, that that's what that's what upset me is that I because I know because you know how these things work. Mm-hmm. Zach Wilson put that on his headband, and I'm sure the players and Zach Wilson and the coaches all feel the same way. All feel that way. The people running social media probably all feel that way. They tweeted the the damn thing. Yep. But the people at the top, they're they're not going to back those people up. They they are not looking at wow we have a good football team we have a chance to win a trophy or make a name for ourselves. They are looking at, we want to guarantee a New Year's Six appearance to guarantee that New Year's Six money. Yeah. They want that money. It's all about the bottom line. And I think maybe BYU being ranked 14 is going to force that administration to go out 
and to schedule those games because 14 is a little bit too low to say, oh yeah, we we, we should be getting a New Year's Six Bowl. You don't know that. You're in that yeah. weird you're in that weird range where you could or couldn't. You know, they got to work them their way up to 11, I 10. Mean, you're not going to get the New Year's Six Bowl over Cincinnati. No, because they're not no. eligible for that. I think that's important to distinguish. Oh yeah, that, yeah, yeah. That's that BYU, BYU a group of five teams. Correct. They they're are an independent. independent. They are, they are an independent, and I find it weird that this is the one time that I am actively rooting for an independent to, like, do something, <laughs> and it goes it's against, against – your entire brand. It, gets, it goes against my entire brand, but you know what? You know what is my brand, Tyler, right now? Zach Wilson, and I want yeah. Zach Wilson to do well. Tyler, before we go on, I want to read you something by Ryan McGee. I sent you this tweet earlier this morning, and I think it encapsulates – process over results and the question marks that we have over that and those are the those are kind of the complaints we have with the committee right that sometimes it's inconsistent in how they schedule they use the criteria right they kind of cherry pick depending on the schools and ryan ryan mcgee of espn uh said college football committee hey listen i know these schedules are all over the place and a&m hasn't played in two weeks but hey the rona be crazy am i right also the committee so what if BYU had a great schedule but had it all canceled and were forced to scramble? COVID is no excuse. And I think that encapsulates everything because it's not like BYU didn't do the right thing in terms of scheduling good teams. They had six Power 5 opponents on their schedule, and they had a game against oh, Boise State, arguably yeah. the a best group BYU of five schedule team. is enough. Exactly. Like, exactly. Anyway, hey, I mean – they may be an independent, but in my mind, they're a Pac-12 team. So, um, I agree. At least they're the highest ranked Pac-12 team. In my opinion, I would also have to agree. So we are both in agreements that BYU is too low. We're not saying yeah. they should be in the Cincinnati range of seven, eight. We're not saying that, but we do think that they, they should, should be, be ahead higher. of Georgia. They should be ahead of Georgia. They're playing better football. They should be ahead of Miami. They're playing better foot, better football. So that's where we'll leave that. Speaking of the Pac-12, Tyler, the highest-ranked Pac-12 team, unofficial Pac or official Pac-12 team, because we consider BYU an unofficial one, is the University of Oregon at 15. They're three and zero. Tyler, too high, too low, just right. I I think it's just right. Like I don't have a problem mm-hmm. with this. It's it's just hard because with the, it's hard with the Pac-12 teams. There's a couple in here, but like they have played so few games. Yeah. Compared to everyone else. Yeah. And I think Oregon is right around this range, but. So I, I can't dispute it, but I, I just wish I had more data. Me too. I need I need more points because as much as I criticized Oregon for their bare like their three point victory over a, UC, a bad UCLA team that had a backup quarterback in at home, uh, it was also their third game of the season, so it could have just been them getting their kinks out. You know what I mean? But yeah. you know because that game was played in November, we have a different mentality about it. So I agree with you. Just right, but you know we'll have to see. We need more data. We need more data. Another team that hasn't really played enough games, Tyler, for me to really be like, oh, yeah, I'm so high. I'm mad about them being too low or too high is Wisconsin, and they're at 16, Tyler. Agreed. Same thing I'm... here. Uh, a team that I will never understand being ranked in the top 20 till I die will be the University of Texas at too 17. High. Too, too high. high. Too high. And I would also argue, since we're moving into long, Tyler, South Carolina, uh, Southern California, USC at 18 is also a bit too high. Too high. Have to agree. I, I would entertain them being in the 20s because they have won all their games. Mm-hmm. But right. 18 is too high for me. Me too. I agree. 19, North Carolina. They are 19. They're 6-2. and two. They very famously have that loss to FSU. Um, and they are basically competitive in every single one of their games solely off the backs of future Las Vegas Raider Sam Howell. Uh, too high, too low, just right, Tyler. I think it's uh, just right. 
bordering on too low. Mm-hmm. They've been out of the spotlight lately, recent, recently. Yeah. But they've been playing good football. They have. They um, have. They, their, their losses are competitive. They're, they're competitive in every game that they play. So mm-hmm. but they're going to have big tests this week. So Big tests, which we will talk about in a bit, Tyler. And then, Tyler, these last five teams in order, Coastal Carolina 20, Marshall 21, Auburn 22, Oklahoma State 23, Iowa 24, and Tulsa 25. Any problem with any of those rankings? Coastal Carolina is too low, but beyond that, I I mean, and I would argue, I would also argue Marshall's a little too low, but I uh, beyond that, the others I have no problem with. I would I would flip Coastal Carolina and Marshall with Texas and USC. Me too. Given given results, the amount of games each team has played versus the uncertainty of what you're going to get out of those two quote unquote blue bloods each week, so. That is the top 25. I wish we had kind of like a receiving votes, like who the 26 could have been, but we don't. We will get more rankings next week. We'll see how rivalry week plays out. Tyler, uh, quickly, we do have to talk about Dabo Sweeney and Mike Norvell in a heavyweight battle for the ages. Uh, Dabo Sweeney, as you would know, after last week's cancellation or postponement, I should say, of Clemson, Florida State, has been very vocal this past week. Strangely uh, so. I'm shocked, Tyler. I, for one, am surprised that Dabo Sweeney would be complaining about something. Of all people. Of all people, Tyler. Of all people. Uh, he's been essentially giving passive-aggressive, veiled insults at Florida State and their institution and their coaching history over the past dec- few years um, in response which to... Which tra- is great trash talk. Which is fantastic trash talk. Relevant to what's happening? No. Not at all. No. But just excellent trash talk. Exactly. Dabo Sweeney has said that FSU essentially didn't want to play the game and used COVID as an excuse where Mike Norvell is saying, look, we're not doctors. We're just going to follow the medical advice. Mike Norvell is basically being like, why are like, stop like this is dumb. And is it we're in a rare case, Tyler, as Florida fans where we're on FSU side here. (laughs) I mean, FSU, I think, made all the right decisions. I agree. Um. And I'd like to I like to emphasize that we made we made jokes last week about FSU. Oh, they ducked Clemson, haha! But those were all tongue in cheek jokes, knowing very well that this was a serious health thing. Dabo Sweeney yeah. seems to not understand that that's a joke. Well, I think I think that the problem here is that this is that under the letter of the law of the COVID restrictions the ACC has, right? Clemson was able to play the game. Mm-hmm. Is the thing under the letter of the law, and that's I think what upsets Dabo. Also, because the first time in a while, his team is in a perception battle. Like, mm-hmm. they're not just in a games battle. They're in a perception battle. Like, usually they, yeah, everybody's, like, d- saying that Clemson isn't that great. But they just, they have the opportunity to win out and win all their games, and they don't need style points. If, if they if they go undefeated and win their ch- championship, they'll get in. Right. And that's similar case now but like style points are a bit of a thing because the field's a lot bigger at this point in the year than it usually is um Mm -hmm. for the playoff teams and Dabo wanted his team to play and according to the letter of the law um they technically were allowed to i don't blame fc for being like so you had a player that just tested positive that was on a plane with the rest of you guys Mm -hmm. in a confined space on the way down yeah i don't know about that chief like yeah it's um, it's a Yes, the letter of the law says they could have played, but common sense would tell you maybe don't play a football game after one of your players 
tested positive and potentially expose the rest of the team, which would yeah. then expose the rest of FSU's team. Yeah, so this game will get replayed and Clemson will win by 40 points. Mm-hmm. And all of this will, you know, cease to be remembered. But I think, I think it's important to note, Tyler, the biggest takeaway from this is Clemson is in a perception battle. And they have, like you said, they haven't been in there in a long time. And the last time they were, remember when they were disrespected and, and Dabo was saying, oh, you don't give us the respect we deserve. Meanwhile, they were in the playoff conversation every single week. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's it's one of those expect more of these Dabo, poor little old Clemson, the underdog Clemson, which may have worked in 2012, but doesn't, it doesn't work anymore. Work now, but <laughs> now they are actually in an underdog situation in regards to the fact that well, no, they're ranked number three. What no. am I talking about? Like, the, no, no, it, it's not there in underdog. They're Tyler. not. They're not. It's for the first time they have a they, in a long time they have someone in the conference that could make the playoff. Yes, even when they had other teams that could have won the conference, I don't think in Clemson's rise at any point if I had they had another team that was able that across the conference was able to make it because the only other team would be FSU like one or two years, but they're in the same division. So when Clemson beat FSU, that was settled. Like, yeah exactly so clemson's clemson's got an sec thing going on where the team on the other side of the conference can make it too so yep for sure for sure so interesting interesting to see where that goes tyler before we get into our five wide and two points we got to talk about the gator game kentucky at or florida it is a noon kickoff i'm so tired of these noon kickoffs absolutely tired yeah i mean i i kind of like it in the sense of in the sense of watching it on TV, as a it as does a, free up my day exactly. As a fan, not at the stadium, it is fantastic because I'm able to get up, watch some game day, watch the game at noon, and be done by three thirty with my emotional attachment to football. Yeah, and then I can watch games that I may have you know allegedly have an interest in, and also you know FAU and Oklahoma, other teams that I have an emotional attachment to, but I don't live and die with the result like I do the Gators. Yeah. Um, that being that, said, I like watching my team when they're not on noon games. Cause exactly. Like, I, I love the anyone, any team playing noon game is clearly like no one wants to be here. Yeah. Like, at the stadium, no one wants to be there, and I'm just glad that the noon games. There's definitely been more this year than there has like per year when we were there. Because I remember the first few weeks of each season, we would get like night games consistently it wouldn't be until like maybe vandy in south carolina later in the season that we would get noon games um but we were always competitive enough to get either the night game or the coveted holy grail that is the 330 slot but yeah it is what it is tyler what you you gotta think what you gotta think mm -hmm. real quick is that a lot of one of our uh, two of our home games got moved around yep um so lsu was a game that was supposed to be i think in the 330 slot it was and then it got moved to the end of the year yeah. And some of our better games have been away. So True. It is True. what it is. It is what it is. That game is at noon as is stated on ESPN. Tyler quickly I we're playing Kentucky. Kentucky just came off of a 60-point loss to Alabama. Uh what do we need to see out of the team? Um offensively just same thing. Just, you know, keep it keep the train moving. Yeah, um, we have to we have to make sure that Kyle Trask bounces back from that pedestrian 380 yard and three touchdown performance, Tyler. You know, disappointing, just disappointing. disappointing, just um, horrible. Kyle Pitts is back. Kyle Pitts is back. That's huge. Mm-hmm. Um, on on defense, Florida needs to 
play the young what guys. I, I need I need to see two. Yeah, we need one. I need to play the young guys. You see, need need to see two other things. And the problem is, is okay. We talked about against the Vanderbilt game how tempo is the bane of this Florida defense's team, and they need to be exposed to that more so that the the coaching staff can adjust. Here's mm-hmm. the problem. That is the exact opposite of what Kentucky's going to want to do. Kentucky wants to shorten the game. They want to yeah. play the long game. They want to have long extended drives, um, which plays into this defense's hand, which plays into this team's hand. Right. Florida, Florida, Kentucky is not an, I, I don't think Kentucky will be able to beat Florida this year, um, mm-hmm. playing the style that they have based off the style that Florida is able to play. Right. Because I don't think Kentucky's defense is good enough to shut down Florida's offense. So makes sense um but i need to see the defense i need to see i need to see it get off the field i need to see it line up correctly yeah unfortunately i wish i wish it were going up against a tempo team that would force it to make those adjustments quicker but we'll see yeah i'm on the same thing i want to see our defense not jump off sides uh because that was a problem last week and i want to see the young guys and i want to see us just get good in-game reps while it's not at the level of competition of Alabama, which is essentially the last big game we have left. Um, it is an SEC opponent, and there are SEC athletes on that side of the field, so it'll be interesting to see how we compete against that and stuff. So that's what I want to see. Um, Tyler, let's go into five wide. Before we do that, we have postponements. Uh, the big notable ones are Utah and Arizona State. That is canceled, and Washington at sad. Washington State. No Apple sad. Cup. No Apple Cup this year. Very sad. Um, but Washington and Utah will be playing because those two teams were not affected by COVID-19 and they will be playing this coming Saturday. So there's, there's a joke about the BYU Utah rivalry somewhere in here. It is. There is a joke there. Yes. I'm not, I'm not the smartest person in the world, so I'm not going to be able to figure it out, but like there's a joke there. Well, one would say that this would be the forbidden fruit game. Oh, (laughs) thank you. Thank you very much. I just thought about that one on the spot. It's because Washington, Washington state is the apple cup. And Utah BYU is the holy war. That's so, so good. Thank you, thank you so much. I really like, appreciate it. I that is it. what this game is now called forever. I'd like to thank my parents. Uh, Washington Utah will forever be known as the Forbidden Fruit Game. Um, oh God, those also, are big games. Also, also yes. note Minnesota and Wisconsin have been, yeah. been canceled. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's repercussions that the, to that. Yeah, that is the ending of the longest um, played game, like in FBS. I know it was like it was a hundred and it's like a hundred and something years like in a row. Thirty six or something. Like yeah, that. it's a wild stat. It's a wild number. So that's really sad. And now Wisconsin is ineligible for uh, the Big Ten championship, which all just guarantees, all but guarantees Northwestern playing Ohio yep. State in the Big Ten title game. Um, and then Tulsa, Houston, Louisiana Tech, FIU, and San Diego State, Fresno State. All those games are canceled, with the exception of Tulsa, Houston, that has been postponed. All right, Tyler, let's get into the picks. Let's get into five wide. I am picking first. Let me remind you and the listeners that the score to date is Tyler 43, Sergio 41. So it is still a two-point lead that Tyler is holding oh, on. Boy. Uh, let's see if the Lord is thankful. If I am, let, Let's see if I – oh, let me rewind that back. Let's see if I am thankful enough to the Lord that he will bestow upon me this lead at the end of the week. Iowa State, Texas, noon game on Friday, ABC. Let me just say, ABC has a fantastic slate of games on Friday. Yeah. It's really, really good. Starting off with this Iowa State-Texas game, 
Um, Tyler, what I'm looking at here is can Brock Purdy, can the Brock star, can the Brockosaurus, can Brock Tober, and any other iteration of that nickname that we've given him, can Iowa State come in and can they keep that high-flying offense that they had last week against Kansas State? And can the defense, I don't think they're going to shut out Texas like they did Kansas State, but I definitely think that they can give Sam Ellinger some trouble at the quarterback position. We've seen Sam Ellinger be a different quarterback at home than he is on the road. He is at home, which means he is good now. I'd like to remind everyone he's a good quarterback in Austin. Um, but it's interesting because I I can't really trust Texas because Tom Herman, and we've seen throughout his tenure, they play to the level of their competition. So I'm unsure if they're going to be – I'm unsure if their perception of Iowa State is that of a quote-unquote bad team and they're going to mentally be playing a bad team, which means that they'll have be sloppy mistakes, or if they're going to respect who Iowa State actually is, which is a good football team, number one in the Big 12, has a good offense with a very, very, very good college quarterback, and they're going to kind of rise to that level. I think regardless of all that, I'm going to have to go Iowa State because I trust Brock Purdy and Matt Campbell's defense more than I trust Sam Ellinger and Tom Herman coaching a football game. Um, but yeah, that's kind of where I stand with that. And, uh, Tyler, what do you think? I agree with a lot of what you said. Um, Iowa state, uh, has been better this entire season. Mm-hmm. They've been getting better is the big thing to me. Every week they look a lot better. Yeah. Um, they look damn near dominant against Kansas state. Um, offense was hitting at all cylinders. Defense was playing all over the place. I think this is a tough matchup for them because I mean, if Sam Ellinger plays well, it's a tough matchup for anyone. Yeah. Um, especially in the Big 12 when Iowa State still isn't as quite as stars-wise talented as um, Texas. Right. But I think, I agree with you, I think Iowa State's going to do this. I think this is their big hurdle to make it to the Big 12 championship game as the one seed. Yeah. This is the big one. Because they've already played Oklahoma State, they've already played Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. They got a couple more games that they got they to get through, so it's not, it's not, you know, they're not clear just yet right but this is the big one iowa state has beaten texas i believe um last i believe the uh last year mm-hmm. last year was the first time matt campbell had beaten texas and it was the only team in the big 12 he had yet to beat right um, and he got over that hurdle so i think hurdles over i think iowa state's gonna win as well i think also it's important to note if iowa state wins this game they not only will all but clinch, all but, not confirmed, but all but clinch the number one seed in the Big 12 and the spot in the title game as the number one seed, they will have beaten both Texas and Oklahoma in the same season. And that is something that not many Big 12 teams can say in this century. Imagine going back to an Iowa State fan like six years ago and be like, hey, 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 just in six years, you're going to be number one in the Big 12 and you're going to have beaten Texas and Oklahoma in the regular season. They'd be like, nah, nah, no which... way. Oh, in man. basketball, <laughs> like, no. no, in football, man, no, in football, like... in the money making right. sport. Wow. All right, good. Glad we're on the same page there. Next game up, the number two ranked Notre Dame Fighting Irish are heading to Chapel Hill to take on North Carolina. That is right after this Iowa State Texas game, three thirty Friday on ABC. Tyler, you pick first. Who do you have? This is a good game. This because... might this might be the game of the week. I, I agree. This is the most interesting one to me because mm-hmm. I have always felt, this is my thing whenever we talk about playoff conversations, 
there's always that little caveat that people don't say, but they mean, but I don't think a lot of people think about it, is the whole, they're going to play this, 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 if they stay undefeated. If, the, everybody's like, well, Notre Dame gets to the ACC championship and plays Clemson, like, well, it's all, everyone just assumes that they're both going to stay undefeated. I, I am, like, pretty damn confident Clemson will get there undefeated. Yeah. Because, you know, it took them 36 games to lose a conference game. Like, right, exactly. I'm not convinced Notre Dame can keep the train rolling all the time. So this that's why this game is fascinating to me. Like, mm-hmm. they got it, and they've continued to do so. They did it against Boston College where they, they, they survived an upset in the sense of, like, they didn't let one happen. Right. But this is a good team they're facing. Yeah. I'm going to go with Notre Dame. Okay. But because I, I do I do believe that they're they're hitting a stride in the sense that this 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 team is different than the other Notre Dame teams we've seen. Yeah. But this is gonna be a close game in my opinion. Sam Howell is gonna you're gonna get his yards. You're gonna get his points. Like And and that's the thing with North Carolina where it's it's confirmed that um it's confirmed that Sam Howell's gonna get his get his the question here is, can Notre Dame go blow for blow with with uh, this high-powering Sam Howell offense? When you look at Notre Dame, they're missing two offensive linemen. Uh, this is essentially one of the best offensive lines in the country. Um, they lost their center out for the season, and now their right guard is going to be missing this Notre Dame matchup due to injury. So they're missing two lo- offensive linemen right in the middle, right in the trenches, um, they're on the road. This, with the exception of Clemson, um, is probably the best team that they have to face. And I don't know. It's, it's, it's got a weird vibe to it. You know, it's a Friday at 3.30. They're on the road. They have injuries. Sam Howell is a good quarterback. I anticipate this to be a high-scoring game. If I was a betting man, allegedly, I would be taking... Uh, North Carolina with points because they are a home dog. They are an underdogs at home. Love to hear that. Home you dog. know how the home dogs go. If you like, you can read my Black Friday special up on our Sideline Judgment website. I did write something yesterday for that. Um, Man, this is tough because I, I respect Notre Dame. I really do. They're a good football team. But I think I'm going to go North Carolina here. Yeah. I, I, I have that feeling, you know? It's it's the same feeling I had last week with Northwestern being a home dog. That worked go, out for you. Going up against Wisconsin. I, I don't know. I, I have all these, these feelings. And I think Mac Brown, if he can win against Notre Dame, if he can win against Notre Dame here, I'm not saying that North Carolina will forget the FSU loss, but it'll certainly be – a much easier pill to swallow. You'll talk about this 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 game more. Yeah. I agree. I agree. And I think Tyler, I'm not saying it'll put them in the conversation, but I think Notre Dame will still be able to make the title game because there it would be excuse it's, me, it would be their only loss. That, it's just that two ACC teams is off the table. Exactly. And as a Gator fan, you should be wanting North Carolina to you win want this football. That, you game. want to hear that? You should want it. So, I'm going to go North Carolina. I think if we're go- talking shootouts in the second half, as much as I like um, Ian Book, uh, I think I, I have more faith in Sam Howell to kind of go blow for blow at the end of a football game. You know what I mean? Agreed. So, and like we said, those vertical threats, nothing to be messed with. 
I mean, DJ yeah. DJ threw for over 430 yards against them. Like, it's not like they can't. Yeah. But Ian, Ian Spellbook's magic, so... Ian Spellbook um, is magic sometimes, so, so I'm going to take I'm North gonna, Carolina. I'm going to go with Notre Dame. All right, um, all right. Look at that. Next game up, Tyler. It is arguably the biggest rivalry in college football. It is the Iron Bowl. It is Auburn heading into Tuscaloosa to take on the number one ranked team in the country, Alabama. It is the... 3.30 SEC kickoff. Um... Tyler, who do you have? Um, you go first. I don't know why you're asking me. Oh, I'm like, so sorry. Uh, I go first. See, I asked you to go first because I'm so I'm unsure of oh. exactly how I want this game to go. I think. Let uh, me just say, Mac uh-huh. Jones is zero and one against Auburn. Let me just say, Bo Nix is one and zero against Auburn <laughs> against it's Alabama. Auburn. Yeah. Um. No, nah, honestly, this this Auburn team is is less than is lack less than lackluster or is lackluster um it's less than last year's team it's less than last year's team i think that we've seen a lot more bad bo nicks than good bo nicks this season and i want to remind everyone last season's iron bowl was in at jordan Hare, which means it was a home game for bo nicks which means good bo nicks was in full display um i'm not so sure how bo nicks is going to handle heading to tuscaloosa for the first time um and Alabama was just playing too good. Their defense has been playing fantastic the past few weeks. Since halftime of the Georgia game, I think they've allowed only like 14 points, which is a big deal. And that's scary for the Gators later on, but we can mention that later. Um, but no, I, I like Alabama too I like Alabama too much in this game. Yeah, give me Bama. I don't know why I I, I was second guessing myself just trying to find it. What are you talking about? Like um yeah. simple formula. Uh Gus Melzon will have three wins over uh Nick Saban, which is huge and mm-hmm. should be respected. Yes. All three have come at home. And they're not playing at home. Correct. And uh, there's also like a million other factors that go into this. The Alabama's a better team. Alabama this year is a better version of them than Auburn is of them. Like, Right. Usually the two teams are closer when Auburn's able to beat them. Exactly. Auburn's kind of average this year, and Alabama's great. Uh, so I'm going to go with Alabama. Smart. Smart pick. Um, Tyler, I said the Iron Bowl is arguably the greatest rivalry in college football because one would argue – the and real we, greatest rivalry. And we would make rivalry. the argument. We would make the argument that the real greatest rivalry in college football resides not in Alabama, but in the state of Mississippi. Yeah. Where Ole Miss and Mississippi State will be kicking off on Saturday, 4 o'clock on SEC Network, in the one, the only, the Egg Bowl. The most insane – clap it up. Clap it up for that. Yes, yes. The most insane Ooh. rivalry in college football and our favorite Tyler. Um, I yeah. am disappointed. This game is typically a Thanksgiving kickoff. I'll be real upset. I, I usually I, watch it with my dad. So here's the thing. I was, we were talking here in the kitchen, talking about Thanksgiving, like what time we're we going to eat. What are we doing this, whatever. And you know, my mom is not the biggest foot. My mom likes football, but my mom can't, my mom won't sit there for an entire day. Watch. She's not like yeah. us, you know, and no, yeah. very sure. rarely, very few people on this earth are like us. And so I wasn't going to have my mom sit through, you know, two, to your mom, but we're built different. We are. We are. We build different. We, we're not going to, I'm not going to have her sit through two NFL games and then the iron bowl. So I said, you know what, mom, listen, no football on Thursday. Just do us a favor at the end of the night. Cause we're all wants to watch this game too. And I was like, let's just watch the egg bowl at night and seven It'll be fine. Me, you know, assuming that it was a Thanksgiving game. Like it is every year. Yeah. Like and then I go, year. and then I go to check the schedule. And it's a four o'clock SEC Network kickoff on Saturday, and I look at Roll and I was like, "Man, what? 
that's just so different. In a, it, it's the most 2020 thing of all time for the Egg Bowl not to be on Thanksgiving. But I still want it to be on Thanksgiving. Oh, my gosh. Tyler, you pick first here. Ole Miss, Lane Kiffin's Ole Miss, or Mike Leach's Mississippi State. Who do you have? Um, so both these teams, in, in typical fashion in this game, mm. neither of these teams are great. Right. Um, well, in lately typical fashion. But let's see. Uh, history of this rivalry in at least the last two years. Two years ago, Mississippi State smacked Ole Miss. Last year, Ole Miss um, should have won the game. Should have, sorry, should have tied the game. Exactly. And then exactly, the, it was the old piss game. Which I would argue is the cause of the coronavirus. Is the cause of the coronavirus? I would argue everything in this year goes all the way back to the old piss. That is a big brain. To the Elijah right Moore being like a dog. Hoodies up. I don't, Hoodies up, third eye activated. I don't hate this take. I have nothing to back it up. <laughs> Neither do but it's I. Suspicious. But it's suspicious. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. The energy in the world felt a little bit different after Elijah Moore pretended to pee like a dog in Starkville. Yeah. Um, Mississippi State won that game. Mm-hmm. I think Ole Miss is going to win this game because Mississippi State, Ole Miss defense is terrible. So Mississippi State, I think, will be able to move the ball. Um. So th- that's great. But they're playing well, Rodgers. They don't have the best receiving core, whereas Ole Miss has a dynamic offense. Yeah. And a bad defense. But Ole Miss has the dynamic side of the ball. Mississippi State has a good defense and a offense that's good against specific teams. Right. That's a more of a recipe for Ole Miss. Mm-hmm. I do think – I'm hoping this game will be fun because – I, I just I want it to be. No, I, I agree. I agree. And and you can just put my my name down next to Ole Miss too, Tyler. Uh this is first and foremost, this is an FAU household. And in this FAU household that I am in right now, Lane Kiffin is respected. And <laughs> I know exactly exactly how this game is gonna go. Lane Kiffin is a man that fully understands rivalries. Like Good. to a T, he he knows rivalries. He knows how to push the buttons. He knows how to motivate his players. He knows that it's important to the fans that these vic- these wins are big. I expect an Ole Miss blowout here, but given the nature of Mississippi State's offense, they could strike gold and they could make this a high flying game, and that would be much more exciting than any blowout would be. For for the casual viewer like we are, you know, I'm sure Ole Miss wants yeah. to blow them out and put their foot on put foot foot on their neck. Also, it's interesting to see will Mississippi State field a full team? Will they not? Will they choose to play this game underneath the limit if they have to? I assume they will, since they did last week. Um, but very interesting, very interesting on the Mississippi State side. Uh, I expect us to get the high flying Lane Kiffin Mike Leach game that we all want and we all anticipated at the beginning of the season. I expect us to get that game next year when yeah, Leach, Leach I, gets a lot more players and his system. I want to go back stuff. to the point in time where we could have got, like, get this game like week two, like after in the sense of like yeah after week one, uh, Mississippi State beats LSU in a game that looked way better than it was at the time. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, and then Ole Miss is putting up points against Florida. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Give me that game. That would have been fun. Because these teams have changed, and this happens in every season. We mm-hmm. talk about this all the time. Teams change throughout their seasons. They like, find their identity. Yeah. So. Yeah. All right. Good. We both got Ole Miss there in the best rivalry in college football. You're getting right. 
Final game on 5 Y Tyler. LSU heading to Kyle Field to take on Texas A&M. It's a 7 o'clock kick on ESPN. I'd like to remind you that I think, what, three, two years ago, three years ago? Two years ago. Two years ago, this game resulted in the... A basketball score. In a basketball score, in the highest scoring game in NCAA history. It actually resulted in them changing the overtime rules uh, to make the games kind of end quicker. Um LSU, Texas A&M, I have the first pick. Um, so I'm going to take Texas A&M, but I want okay. everyone to understand that LSU is a team that has good, young, talented players. And LSU has gotten better as the years gone by, right? And yes. while I still don't trust Bo Pelini and their defense, I think we saw enough out of, what is it? what's his name, Finley? Finley, yeah. Finley, I think we saw enough out of Finley last week against a good Arkansas team, might I say, in another rival in a rivalry game. I think we saw enough out of him on the road for me to feel comfortable in LSU making this game competitive through most of the game. I think Texas A&M at the end of the day, um, Jimbo is in a better position right now with his team than Coach O is with LSU. But it's not because they're not talented. It's because they're young. But because they are young talents, at any given moment, they could shine and show exactly what yeah, that is. You know true. what I mean? I think A&M is the team here, uh, is the pick, is the smart pick. And I'm going to go with that because I think Jimbo's in a better position with his more experienced squad. I never thought I would like be like, oh, yeah, Kellen, Kellen Mond is the quarterback I want to trust in this situation. But he kind of is, given the experience. He knows what it's like to play in this type of game. Um, yeah. I'm going to go with uh, A&M. Yeah, yeah, and the important thing to note, A&M needs to win this game by a lot for style points. Yeah. A&M has got to run. they got to run as many offensive plays as they can. they got to score points. they got to win decisively because they've lost two games against tough teams. Not good teams, but tough teams. They lost one game. They lost the Ole Miss game, and they lost the Tennessee game. A&M? The Tennessee Tennessee game got moved. Oh, that's right. The Mississippi State game. That's right. That's right. You mean LSU. So, you know, Texas A&M hasn't played Ole Miss and they haven't played um, Mississippi State. Correct. So, Texas A&M is, has had to move two games. Mm-hmm. Um, so, they've been in the conversation, but they need to win the rest of their games decisively to have an argument as a non-champion. Together. Agreed. Because because they're because um, they lost to Alabama and there's, there's very little chance that they make the SEC championship game. Yeah. Um, so... Texas A&M needs to win this game by a lot. My my biggest hesitation with picking them is the fact that the only time Texas A&M has ever won in this rivalry was a seven-overtime game. That's what it's right. like. That being said, this is the best Texas A&M team up against the worst LSU team that we've seen in a while. So yeah. I'm also going to take Texas A&M. I'm nervous about it, though, because, like, I don't think LSU's good, but LSU plays Texas A&M very well. Right. So, I don't know. I think – I also think LSU has an upset still in them. Um, I think if we are forced well, to I play that – Well, I hope it's this one and not Florida. That's what I was going to say. I think we're forced – I think if we're forced to play that Florida game, I'm not going to be too comfortable with the game just because of the history of the teams and all that stuff. And Coach O knows the Gators really well, blah, blah, blah. Um. But Dan Mullen hates LSU. So Dan Mullen, Dan Mullen does hate LSU. Dan so. Mullen always plays ball against LSU. He does, so. he does. But that's why I was saying that, like, I think LSU has an upset in them, so I don't think it'll be, like, a blowout. But I do think Texas A&M is the better team, and I would bet – allegedly, I would take Texas A&M. I hope I'm really? wrong. 
because I do, as a Gator fan, I would want A&M to lose so that we could A, get that LSU clarify upset, that clarify the path, and B, get the LSU upset out of the way. Um, yeah. So we'll do that. Uh, all right, Tyler, let's go to two point. I have two point this week. And it's an interesting week, right? We we talk but about I had it. No. Oh, you're right. You, you went first. first. You went so first. I, I'm so I'm I'm just it's nine. What in the is morning. wrong with you? Like, Dude, yeah. I don't know, man. Lately I've just been grad school's just taking a number on me, man. My brain's all over the place. Tyler, right. you yeah, have two it, point yeah, conversion. This is rivalry week. Like, this is, this is. You have first pick. Take it away, my friend. I said all that to say I probably would have preferred you to pick first. Um but <laughs> No, we got integrity is important here. Uh-huh. Um, interesting games going around. Um, there's a lot of games that are against like possible upsets. Like, I mean, Oklahoma West Virginia is very interesting to me because West Virginia is like a, the tough type of team that could pull Oklahoma into the mud. Right. But then it's Oklahoma. Um, but I I'm debating between two, and I'm trying to, as I always do, I'm trying to decide in real time. Without revealing which one it is. Yeah, because you don't, I don't want, want to me. talk about it. <laughs> but I'm going to look to the Pac-12. Okay. I'm going to go to the Forbidden, the Forbidden Fruit Bowl game. Oh, okay. And I'm going to take my Washington Huskies. Alright. Because I'm going to double down on, if, if you'll allow me. Okay. I, I'm going to double down on what I said last week, that it's that time of year where I, I'm going to go pound the table for my for my Huskies. Nice. I, I appreciate you respecting your own personal brand. Yeah. I appreciate that. See, the Forbidden Fruit game was a game that I was considering. But I also looked at Friday's slate. Because one thing that I want to do this week, Tyler, is put the pressure and anxiety on you. Oh, no. I do not want to put the, keep the pressure on myself. All right? So what I'm going to do is I'm going to pick a game that's on Friday so that when we wake up Saturday, we already know the results of my two-point game. If I, if, and if I, if I miss the two-point game, I miss the two-point game, and it's much easier Saturday. But if I get the two-point game, Tyler. I'll be sweating. You'll be sweating. And all eyes will be on the Forbidden Fruit game 1030 Saturday night. I have to wait till 10 o'clock. Yeah, you will. I love it. So, Tyler, I have a couple of options here. So we already talked about Iowa State, Texas, and Notre Dame, North Carolina. I could go to the Big Ten and look at Nebraska and Iowa, which is a 1 o'clock kickoff on Fox. But then I would be depriving myself of giving my full attention to Iowa State, Texas, which is something I want to do. Uh, So I'm not going to go there. I could go to a state that we both love and adore, the state of Florida. And I could Mm. look at the war on I-4, which is the annual UCF-USF game, which, by the way, there are rumors that McKenzie Milton will be making his return to competitive college football during this game. Which That's is a fantastic all. story if that happens. That's it's a fantastic cool. story that that man is even clear to medically play and he's even walking because he was minutes away from having his leg amputated. So that's a game. That's a that's an injury I saw at a UCF bar, and I remember remember the uh, the energy in that bar I going remember the sig- cringe. I significantly remember the cringe down. Yeah, you remember. Um, but you know what? That game is at three thirty. I think the story there is McKenzie Milton if he goes and plays. And I don't want to go ahead and put myself in that category. So I'm not going to go with the war on I-4. And I want to watch Notre Dame, North Carolina. you know, And, and I want to have the war on I-4 on a separate screen, but for different reasons. Because, you know, emotional attachment to someone who has an emotional attachment to the game. Um, but then, you know, you look at the Pac-12, Tyler. And I'm left, with two, Pac-12. I'm left with two options. I'm left with Stanford and Cal, 4 o'clock on Fox. And I'm left with the rivalry game formerly known as the Civil War. 
Oregon, Oregon State. Now, Tyler, this is a game that we probably should have put in our five wide, but we didn't, and that's okay. And that's the game that I'm going to take. Oh, God. I'm going to take Oregon, Oregon State. It's a 7.30 kick on Friday. And I am going to double down on my assertion that Joe Moorhead okay. has done wonders for Oregon. And Tyler, Schlow, uh, Tyler Shaw is the epitome of a Joe Moorhead quarterback. And I want to enjoy that on Friday night, eating my second plate of Thanksgiving leftovers for dinner. Uh, I'm going to go with Oregon over Oregon State as my two points. The game is in Corvallis, Oregon. Corvallis. Corvallis. So it's it's an Oregon State home game. But I have enough faith in Joe Moorhead's offense and Tyler Shaw to be able to pull this football game off. Tyler. That's what I feel. Good pick. I want to I wanna just talk about this game for a second. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Jonathan Acosta, former Gator, uh, went to school with us. Um, mm-hmm. He threw out a great new name for this rivalry game. Oh, he did. Which, by the way, we should we should remind listeners that Jonathan Acosta is a Colombian American. Shout out to my people. Second of all, he um he works in Eugene. He he he's he, a sports reporter. He's a sports reporter and he he covers the Ducks essentially. So he yeah. he's he's familiar with the atmosphere of this rivalry. What is his game title? Because I haven't seen it. Uh, he he he. This game used to be called the Civil War, and they discontinued that. Which like I actually right. I agreed with for multiple reasons, but the biggest one for years was always just like, why is this game the Civil War? Yeah, like, why why is a game um, in Oregon between two games considered the Civil War? And that's the reason they shut it down because of the you know ties to the actual Civil War with slavery yeah. and and racism and all that. Yeah, Smart and it stopped choice. last year, so this is the first year it's not called the or yeah. sorry, this is the second year it's not called the Civil War. They should call this the Platypus Bowl. <laughs> I'm so glad Sergio is taking a sip of water. <laughs> That's what Jonathan Acosta tweeted. It's like, it makes so much sense because oh it's beavers God. and ducks. <laughs> only Tyler. Only it's if, right there. No, Only if both teams. I can't take credit for this. I can't take credit for oh, this. Oh, Jonathan Acosta. Gator great. Making differences. They Love really should, though. I it's think... right. In what other rivalry is it against a duck and a beaver? I think... I think similar to how we have branded Utah, Washington, the Forbidden Fruit, the Forbidden Fruit Bowl, um, I think that that is something that should stick. The Platypus Bowl in the well sideline judgment universe. In the sideline judgment it universe, is the Platypus Bowl. it is a Platypus Bowl, which we will we will tweet Jonathan Acosta and say we are officially recognizing this game as the Platypus Bowl in the sideline judgment universe. And I would also like to motion Tyler that both teams should come out to it's Perry. they should both come out to the phineas and ferb perry the platypus song what is the sound (laughs) i can't even do it i can't even all the first line is though he's a super aquatic egg laying mammal of action doody 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 i love it oh wow oh i yes it's a that is a bop tyler oh oh yeah oh that is a bop one team the home team Perry the platypus. <laughs> the home team should come out in like the investigator hat every year. Oh, I would die. And then the road team should not have it because it's like, oh, no one notices Perry. Oh no, no, yeah, because Perry the platypus is without the but hat. Perry the platypus always crashes into Doofenshmirtz's um, stuff. No, so the home team should no wear the, Tyler. Wear the lab no, 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 because that's Agent P. Yeah. Remember, Perry the platypus is just. 
Perry, the normal platypus. A platypus. And then Agent, Agent P. P is the investigator, the superhero, the one who takes on Doofenshmirtz. Yep. Wow, I can't believe that we just had an entire conversation about now it sounds like Phineas us. and Ferb. Now it's more like us. I love it. The platypus bowl. Give me the platypus bowl. Oregon, Oregon State. Give me Oregon in the platypus bowl. I'm taking Perry the platypus and not Agent P in this case because Oregon is the road team. It feels like with, with the way our two points just went, it feels like we're just we're gearing up for the Washington Oregon game we, later down the line. We really and are. We're just gonna take our teams. We <laughs> really are. And you know what? It's, it's pretty good branding. Yeah. Pretty good branding. <laughs> Oh, man. All right. So just to recap the games, you have three games on Friday. That is Iowa State, Texas, a noon kickoff Friday on ABC. We both have Iowa State. You have Notre Dame, North Carolina, 3.30 on ABC on Friday. Tyler has Notre Dame. I have North Carolina. And then my skipping ahead, my two-point is Oregon, Oregon State. I have Oregon beating Oregon State in that game, and that is a Friday kickoff, 7.30 on ESPN. Moving over to Saturday, we have the Iron Bowl, Auburn, Alabama, 3.30, CBS game, where we both have Alabama. Um, We have the Egg Bowl at 4 o'clock on SEC Network, where we both have Lane Kiffin and the Ole Miss Rebels against Mississippi State. And then at night, Saturday, 7 o'clock on ESPN, we both have Texas A&M beating LSU at home. And then Tyler's two-point is just, you know, everything's going to come probably come down to that this week. Washington over Utah. That is the Forbidden Fruit Bowl, and uh, that is a 10:30 kickoff on ESPN. Washington is the home team. Tyler, we're gonna wrap this up with tweets we've shared. What is your favorite tweet that I've shared with you this week? So you shared a tweet uh, by Chris Kaufman, um, talking about your Dolphins because we're not gonna talk about my professional team, um, but. It's like Dolphins lost for the first time in nearly two months. So naturally, we're talking about how the team may have to replace coaches, quarterback, all five offensive linemen, wide receivers, running backs, linebackers, and defensive line. Very cool and very normal. And this is all really just to get to my point. Once again, it's like, why is it that fans as as a collective can never just be happy with what like ever with ever where your team's at? Yes, you always want to strive for more. I completely agree. Of course. And like every every conversation about Florida is marred by the fact that Florida is being measured up to Alabama. Always, that, that's down the road. Always, yep. and you can't escape that. But can you not at least, when you when you look at your team, a little bit in your head, just appreciate what it is? Like that was like when the Jaguars went ten and six in the twenty seventeen season, eventually made it to the AFC Championship. We lost uh, our last two games and won to the Titans in a kind of annoying fashion. Everyone was all upset, and I was just like, "Hey." We just went ten and six. Like, yeah. Let's not forget that we had yeah. ten win season. Yeah. Like, and you made the AFC championship game. I just, it's just my my thing that it's, just, and I, we always remember fan is short for fanatic. Mm-hmm. Like this is way things go. Right. Like, can teams not just be happy with what their team is, just a little bit? Tyler, that would make too much sense. No, not, not everyone thinks with reason like we do on on this podcast. Sometimes we have our emotions get the better of us, but we oh, always yeah. we always bring it back to reason. Um, yeah, no, I I completely agree. It's listen, Tua had a bad game and he was dealing with a foot injury, and you know, it is what it is. I, d- I don't agree with the decision to pull him. I don't. I don't either. But um, they're going to start him next week against the. <laughs> Jets. The Jets, um, yes. Um, but the but the thing is that I think Brian Flores, with what he's done with this team in, he, in his year and a half, 
as a coach has earned the right for us to yeah, to accept his right. decisions you know yeah we're not out here criticizing flores you know so yeah. um yep good point tyler good point my tweet you shared with me comes from espn college football and it comes on sunday after joe burrow suffered a horrific knee injury he tore his acl his mcl and apparently there is structural damage to his knee we hope he comes back healthy he said he'll be back next season Joe, that's some optimistic thinking, man. This is not does not look like a good injury. Um, I expect him to sit out all of next year as well and come back in 2022. Um, but it is a picture of Chase Young and Dwayne Haskins, who play for the Washington football team. They were playing the Bengals and this Terry week. McLaurin. And Terry McLaurin, thank you very much. Um, they're all coming up to Joe Burrow to kind of say, hey, hope you feel better and everything. And when asked about it, Terry McLaurin said, uh, quote, still got that Ohio State brotherhood under that jersey. You still got that block O close to your heart. And I think that that encompasses all of part of why we love college football, where there is a connection between players and fans and students and everything at one institution. And it all is surrounded by the one team. And for uh, Dwayne Haskins, who ended up beating out Joe Burrow for the quarterback position, uh, mm-hmm. Chase Young and Terry McLaurin to all go out and say, hey, we know that this guy had to transfer, went to LSU, won a title, won a Heisman, did all number one overall pick, all those things. He did it at a different university. But at a certain point, you know, he still was one of us for a time, and, and we want to make sure that he's doing the best. So I, I thought that was a special moment. I, I really I really thought that was I touching and, and stuff. So It, it, it is touching, like – it's part of the reason we love college football. It's mm-hmm. it's that because I mean, I mean we love our professional football teams and professional sports, but like that's a business in the sense. And college football is a business, yeah. Too, but that that's a that's a you going to work like right. That is that is you have these moments for sure, but that's what the relationships you have with people. There isn't like a nah in your heart you still got the Bengals a Bengal in the heart you're still yeah you can get football. traded in an instant. Yeah, it's but when you when you go to college and a lot of that I think does base the thing I love about college is that like we always people always fantasize sometimes like would it be cool if colleges drafted the, the top high school prospects and like I love to fantasy live in that world because mm-hmm. be interesting it would be a much more even thing but the reality is one of the greatest parts about college football in my opinion is that recruits get to choose where they go yeah there's power and there's power the, these things aren't four year decisions they're four they can be forty year decisions mm-hmm. and just the, the brotherhood you get in, in that experience in that locker room. Like we didn't, we weren't involved in, in a, a sport when we were in college at all. No. And like, I still, there, there are people that for the rest of my life are going to be like, no, you and me, like we're, we went to college together. We went, we were gators together. And mm-hmm. like that, that's the lifelong bond. The so. fact that the fact that I could walk into a bar in Boston, see someone wearing a gators hat, look at them in my gator sweatshirt and say, go gators. And they go, Hey, go gators. Just that. I don't know them. I don't know them. I have that connection to them. And I, I guarantee you that's how Penn State fans feel. Guarantee you that's how Georgia fans feel. I guarantee you that's how Ohio State fans feel. Te- schools from across the country. I guarantee you that's how people feel. And and that's part of the great thing about college. And that's permeated into college sports. Yeah. You know? I mean, we, we wouldn't be friends if we didn't go to college together. Yeah. I mean, so, we wouldn't know each other. How would we have met? We wouldn't have. We yeah. wouldn't have. So, uh, yeah. So that kind of moment was brought brought something it was it was a nice moment in a dark time in joe burrow's career and life and, and stuff so definitely uh, hope so he bounces back hope he bounces back for sure uh tyler i think that's gonna be it for this episode uh next week we will be back reviewing everything that happened this coming week we'll talk all about 
how the platypus bowl and the forbidden fruit bowl ended up going. Um, and it'll be great to see me either be tied or take the lead against you. It'll be awesome. You know, it'll be fantastic. Yeah. It'll Lies. be awesome. You're going to be, you're going to be rooting for Oregon state. I'm going to be rooting for rooting for Utah. It's going to be a great weekend. It's going to be a great weekend. <laughs> um, Tyler, happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Man. Happy Thanksgiving. I hope everyone enjoys it with your family. Um, if, if you are in a safe position to enjoy it with your family, mm-hmm. um, and just stay safe and yeah, wear Remember, your masks, and- wear your mask, wash your hands. Remember that not many people are able to celebrate this holiday with their yeah. families this year and, and many other years as well, but this year especially. So we from the Sideline Judgment uh, duo that we are here, we wish you all a very, very, very happy Thanksgiving, a happy start to your holiday season. And remember that college football is simply the medium in which we give our thanks we are thankful for so many different things. Um, but Tyler, yeah. thankful for my family, thankful for you, thankful for college football. Thankful for all those things as well. Yep, yep. Uh, Tyler, with that being said, this has been another episode of Sideline Judgment. My name is Sergio. My name is Tyler. And we are not biased. But once again, Kyle Trask for Heisman. Kyle Trask for Heisman. <laughs>